This was a. Uh, it was unplanned in my original study, but we kind of got into the. Uh, and I'm, I'm not usually a huge title guy, anyways, but we kind of got into the uh, the W titles. Remember, because we we're just talking about how wild the story of Samson was in so many regards. So we went. How did it, how did it go, Silas? We went from the wild uh, to, uh, to to the weird, to the wacky, to the downright wrong, and tonight, um, wake up call, wake up call. All right, uh, that's the title, and uh, seemed like kind of an easy an easy title to follow on once we um, we see what's going on in this chapter. <clears throat> And these, these accounts obviously are given to us for a number of reasons, just to see the history of Israel, um, uh, God's people, and uh, just to give, you know, true historical narrative. Um, but within that as well, for us to learn lessons uh, here in the book of Judges, to see, you know, what happens when people don't recognize God's authority, they don't want authority, and they do what's right in their own eyes. That's really where those titles came from, right? Um, and, uh, and, and, but the, also we can see God's grace through this book. Um, within that, that cycle or the, those patterns of willful, man's willfulness, godlessness, and, and you know, repentance, you can see how long-suffering God is, and that is a wonderful quality of our God uh, that is, is a major Bible theme, is long-suffering. Um, there's always that, that thought, you know, we, it's true about God, but you don't want to take it for granted either, do you? <laughs> um, God will not always strive with, with mankind. And, and we're going to be seeing that in our study of the book of Revelation, uh, how he ultimately must, must handle sin once and for all. But uh, at the end of, of the chapter, you know, you talk about getting back to the weird and the wacky. I mean, the, remember the Levite, he had uh, Judges 19. Yep. He had this, uh, this concubine. Neither one of them are mentioned by name. But this, this horrendous situation where, um, you know, she was put out to predators, and they abused her, and ultimately, to the, to the extent that she, she lost her life. And we talked about just abuse and, and um, how people can be so driven by their flesh that they would, you know, that they would have no regard for another person, even, even for their life. And uh, we know that that is in the heart of man. And we see it play out in so many, even in domestic, so-called domestic situations, you know, where people are just angry and flesh-driven and children, um, the young and the weak, they get chewed up by that and just the senselessness of it all. And, and, uh, and seeing this poor woman, you know, with her hands upon the threshold trying to get into the place of safety, but the place of safety was no longer available uh, to her. And what a, what a terrible picture of abuse that, that is. God takes note of those things. Um, the Levite is called the, 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 the husband, 
And it seems as though, you know, in that culture, the man had all the rights of the husband, even though the, a concubine would not have all the rights of, of, of a wife. Um, and so he's called the husband there. And, but he, whether it's out of, you know, just, just being horrified and shocked by what ultimately happened to her, guilt, whatever the case may be, he was pretty callous to say he saw her there on the threshold. There was nothing, there's nothing stated in the text that he said, are you, I'm so sorry, are you okay? Or he, he was just like, okay, get up, we've got to go now, right? Well, she wasn't getting up again, ever, in this world. Um, and so the wake-up call to God's people that have in their midst, I mean, they had gone to this town because it was supposed to be friendly as far as being, you know, their people, <laughs> um, uh, ideally God's people. Yeah, but Gibeah ended up being any, any, anything but that. And, and, and so um, it says there in verse 30 at the end of chapter 19, Sorry, uh, in verse 29 it says, And when he was come into his house, he took a knife and laid a hold on his concubine and divided her together with her bones into twelve pieces and sent her into all the coasts of Israel. And it was so that all that saw it said, There was no such deed done nor seen from the day that the children of Israel came out of the land of Egypt unto this day. Consider of it, take advice, and speak um, your mind. Ephesians 5.14 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And the human tendency is to be asleep to the severity of sin. The human tendency is to sweep things under the rug. Uh, the human tendency is to think that sin isn't as destructive as it really is. And at, at one point, you know, maybe to be shocked by, by sin and then to make allowances for it and then to, uh, and then, and then to, uh, uh, to, to harbor it, maybe even pursue it. And so, you know, at what point did, did this town become characterized by... by uh, perverted, violent people. Well, you know, it wasn't overnight, I reckon, uh, but it was, it was allowed. It was allowed to, to progress, and it was allowed to, um, to exist at a certain point. And, uh, and it wasn't being dealt with. It wasn't being dealt with uh, by those, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, and uh, I have a hard time believing that, you know, that this was just an occurrence that flared up that one evening and that there would be no um, indication, you know, that this, this amount of perversion was going on. Uh, I, I imagine that there was all the signs of it, like there always is. Uh, but there's just decisions, you know, that people make, you know, to not deal with things, to not, uh, to not get serious about it. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes the temptation is when, someone get, when we see somebody 
really broken and want to come to repentance and truly want to deal with their sin, um, it's almost like we um, look at them in, in, in a way that, 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 that indicates like they're overreacting. You know, is it really that big of a deal? I, I found that if a Christian, if a person wants to deal with their sin, you encourage them to do that. If they have come to whatever wake-up call has happened in their life, whatever wake-up call has happened that has brought them to that point to say, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, I, I'm, I'm through with this, this is a serious thing, I want to do business with this, I want to eradicate this, um, you know, that we need to say, okay, well, like, I don't totally understand maybe even what you're talking about. I don't totally understand what, you, what you've gone through. You know, do you want to share with me more? If not, I, look, do what you got to do. Get right with God about this thing and to go through whatever process to do battle on it. So this, this, this chapter here, chapter 20, I see is, is almost like a perfect allegory of when a, when a person gets a wake-up call of the seriousness of sin being harbored in their life, and they say, We're not gonna, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'm, I'm sick of this. You know? And, and sometimes, it's, sometimes it's a shocking thing that, 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 that happens, you know, that kind of jolts us to the reality of how, how, what, what sin does. And we, it's been harbored for so long... They were desensitized to it, right? And then all of a sudden, something will happen to open our eyes as to how serious that issue is and how much it's harming us and how much harboring that in our midst, how destructive that is. And what did it take for Israel here? Well, it took these, the, 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 this, these 12 pieces being delivered you know, to all the tribes of what the perversion in the land had done to this, 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 this poor woman. It was shocking, right? I mean, it said nothing like that had ever happened. <laughs> and it put them to thinking, all, all, all to contemplating um, the significance of this. And you know, I think of times in, in my life where, where, where God has been gracious to bring something to my attention that has been wicked in my heart, and I've been harboring it to the point where it didn't seem like for how blinded and, and how skewed my perspective was, well, it didn't seem like a big deal anymore, right? And then, then somehow, some way, God will kind of like open your eyes as to how hideous sin is. You understand what I'm saying? How hideous it is and, and, and ultimately what it does. And... When you see in people's lives, you know, the destructive patterns of sin and, and, and how it harms them and how hideous it, the outcomes of it end up being in that progression. You know, you look at that scenario there in, in, in Gibeon and you think, man, that, that's just, just that is, that's terrible. But that's what sin does. And uh, sin kills. And, and sometimes we need to, we need to you know, to, 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 to come to that understanding that sin is a serious thing, and when God brings it to our attention, 
We need to do everything we can to fight that battle, to eradicate that, to get that ground back. And, uh, you know, whether it's pride in our life, whether it's rebellion, you know, the Bible says that the rebellion, I mean, you know, the Bible helps us at times. Like, for example, with rebellion, what does it say about rebellion? It compares it to witchcraft, demonic activity, Right? And it's not, you understand that when you study the topic, because who's the, the original rebeller? Well, the devil himself. So it makes sense that demonic activity would be compared to, to rebellion, right? And, uh, but you know, um, stubbornness. Uh, get, 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 away from, get away from your mind to the list that we have for the world of all the bad things that they're into, okay? Um, because I know you don't drink and you don't chew and you don't go with girls who do, okay? I understand that. But there is plenty of things that we harbor in churches that are wicked and destructive at times. And I wonder, you know, how... How many times we have gone past points of wake-up calls that God has given us to try to bring us to a point of repentance of th on things, and we've just proceeded as if, as if it doesn't really matter. This is a vital time here for, for, for this nation. And what, what we're going to see here, we're not going to have time to totally cover it tonight, is there was, gonna, there was going to be a battle that was going to have to be fought for the soul of this nation. A battle is going to have to be fought for the soul of the nation. And there's battles in our lives right now. And I think sometimes it comes down to, look, you know, do we understand when, how serious it is for us to harbor things in our heart that are contrary to the Lord and not deal with those things? And how worth it it is to go through the process of repentance and getting clear of that, how worth it it is to, to, to fight that battle and to, and to eradicate that, whatever it takes. Um, if you study godly repentance, as in 1 Corinthians, it talks about a clearing of it, what clearing a person can get. And there's nothing like in the Christian life to be 100% at peace with God because we've been willing to, to just, just, just be clear of all the things that are hindering that. And our spirit is right. And, and our heart is right. And we've done what, what, what it took, you know, to go through that, that process, whatever it was, humbly before God uh, to say, you know, we're going to get this right. Um. So basically, I'm just getting the in, through the introduction here uh, tonight. Uh, feel free to read ahead, chapter 20. To, the, Lord, the Lord showed me seven points from this chapter that I believe can be key for any person who's interested in getting right with God in an area that's holding them back from being right with God and for being, being, being right in the church, um, and from being as 
effective for the Lord uh, as, as possible. And, uh, you know, the things that, that, in, that we harbor in churches, if you, if you study the fruit of the Spirit, you know, a lot of it is, is right there. Um, because we tend, to, we tend to think of all of the outward things that we're not into, that the world is into. You know, we tend to kind of have our little list on the three-by-five card, you know, of the things that are really bad. Not being spirit-led, and I'm speaking to myself first, not being spirit-led ends up producing all of the, the, all of the things that are destructive in our lives, in our ultimately, many times in our families and in, in churches even. And, uh, and so, you know, I, uh, one of my, 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 my hopes is through, this is the Wednesday night crowd, right? Uh, it's, it's not a big crowd, but it's a group that God brings here on Wednesday nights. If we are the praying crowd, we also need to be the prepared crowd. We have, to be, we have to be a people who come humbly dependent upon the Lord and that we've demonstrated that by being yielded to Him in every area of our life. If not, I can promise you this, this we're not going to have the effectiveness and the power that God means us to have. And, um, and so uh, it says in, in chapter 20, verse 1, Then all the children of Israel went out, and the congregation was gathered together as one man. And so they came together to do some business here because they'd, they'd, been, they'd gotten this shocking wake-up call from, um, from having received the, the remnants of this, uh, this, this, this woman who had, who had been killed. Okay? So we'll see how that plays out there in chapter 20. Lord, I thank you.